0: Come me to your Welcome to the Bedpost Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Aaron Pym. And what I like to do here on the pod is bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to have conversations surrounding sex and sexuality. Today, I'm super excited, um, first of all, just to be recording again. I took a, a few weeks off um you know holidays and all that but also I was going through a bit of a mental health crisis so it just timing wise kind of worked out and I was like oh yeah I'm taking a couple weeks off for the holidays guys but I'm super excited to I'm doing fine by the way um and I'm super excited to actually be back talking with a guest. Uh, and what a guest I have for today, everybody. Please, <laughs> without a further ado, welcome to the mic, co host and editor of Off the Cuffs Podcast, one of my favorite pods, by the way, and Aww. adult content maker, Gwen. Hey Gwen! hello. hello. <laughs> How so is excited you? to
1: be here. I'm doing pretty well. It's kind of funny you talk about taking a break that like coincided with a bunch of mental health stuff yeah. because pretty much same here with all The Cuffs. We had a vacation scheduled for like the last couple weeks of December and then it happened to coincide with a bunch of shit going down so it didn't end up being like a super relaxing vacation but I'm glad that it lined (laughs) up that way anyway you know
0: yeah totally you didn't have to end up taking like a month off because it happened you know two weeks before that or something
1: oh yeah nothing with like work got affected so it's good but
0: I'm sorry to hear that I hope you you and yours are doing well
1: thanks yeah
0: (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Um so okay, yes. Let's let's talk about Off the Cuffs just a little bit before we get into some of the other topics that we wanted to cover today. I'm really interested in like uh your journey and how you became co-host and editor of Off the Cuffs like because I th- I think it's kind of an interesting story if you would mind sharing.
1: Oh yeah, sure. So I was just a little listener of off the cuffs um <laughs> just, a listening... just, a just a little listener I think... <laughs> yeah I think I started listening in like 2018 or so like um it was around when I started coming to terms with my like kink kinky self I guess you could say I got ri- bit by the like radioactive spider or whatever around that time <laughs> And like a lot of people, I was just like doing all the research that I could and was like super obsessed with kink and this being just kind of like coming to terms with this being a part of my identity because it had been I was like a person where it had been a part of my life for a long time, but I didn't know that it was a real thing in the world um, that people like did and that there were communities and all of that. So I was super sad. uh, I was super fascinated by off the cuffs and I had been listening um yeah since for about two years from like 2018 to 2020 and I was um following Dick on social media and stuff and he had Dick
0: is one of the other co-hosts we're not talking about yes by the way yeah I probably should (laughs) have
1: made that clear
0: I also um, follow Dick Dick, on Twitter I follow a lot of Dick on Twitter yeah
1: yeah same here but specifically Dick, Dick Wound um and I think he posted something in his stories that was one of those, like, sticker boxes that just said, like, flirt with me. Cute. Um, yeah, which is something he would definitely do. And then I think I told him that he... I told him I liked his hair and that he had a really <laughs> a really nice voice and just that I liked listening to him. And I asked him if he had ever um, considered doing audio porn before just because I really liked his voice. And mm-hmm. he was just like... I could do that for you. Like, that's something I could do. So, I guess our first interaction was kind of like a sex work custom negotiation. Cool. Um, But he ended up, like, it ended up not really being that. And he ended up giving it to me for free. And that was kind of just like negotiating that custom was a really cool way of, like, getting to know each other and getting to know each other's interests and all of that. Um, But Long story short, with the show, I basically just like expressed my interest to him about like kind of just volunteering to work on the show. Mm-hmm. And then we started dating, and it just kind of like grew from there. I started working on it more and more, and eventually I started co hosting. I think because we needed someone some night, and then I did okay, I guess. So you filled in. I and just kind of
0: knocked it out of the park. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> It just kind of became a thing, and then now it's basically my full-time job, so.
0: Do you remember what that first episode was? Uh, Like, what was the topic? What was the subject matter?
1: I think, actually, if I remember right, the first episode I was officially on, I was a guest. Um, I can't remember the number, but the episode is called Gale the Snail, and I basically just talk about all of my, like, gross Kink and fetish interests. Um, <laughs> nice. I can't actually remember the one that I first guessed it or the I was first co-host on. I'm gonna have to look that up after this because yes, I'm also do. curious. I'd be
0: interested to hear back. You know, hear people's first time and kind of work their way through it is kind of would be an interesting listen, knowing that now. You know.
1: Yeah, I'm sure there are listeners who know, but it's, it's really nice. I've been, I got a message recently from someone who was saying that they've been a listener for a really long time, like since the show started, and that they appreciated, like, hearing me come on and kind of like, Become integrated into the show and that they enjoyed my presence on it. And that really meant a lot because, again, like I used to be a listener, so I always kind of wonder, like, what people think about a new person coming on to a show because I know that can be kind of like jarring Mm -hmm. to have someone new come on. So. Yeah, I feel really grateful to be accepted into it, and to know that people like appreciate what I have to say. So, and I'm also really grateful to like Dick and Lexi and Max for like helping me integrate into the show too. So yeah,
0: Yeah. and I feel like you were probably talked about on the show before you like actually made a. an in-person appearance so I'm sure like (laughs) people who are like longtime listeners like knew about you and were like "Ooh," and probably so excited to actually like hear your voice suddenly one day you know
1: (laughs) yeah that was it's really uh cute looking back on that too thinking about what I was just mentioned on the show and like still like at that point as a listener and kind of fangirling and being like oh my god they're talking about me (laughs)
0: Totally, yeah. I get that yeah. way when like I'm just happen to be listening to another kind of, you know, it's it's got to be like someone who knows me or knows of me, and maybe it's a Toronto-based podcast or like you know, sex or kink podcast. And I'm just listening as a listener, and my name comes up. I'm always like, oh my! Like I really get excited.
1: <laughs> like, oh. yeah. or, like you know, your name uh, in the shout outs or whatever. Yeah. Like-
0: all that stuff it's (laughs) fun it's like they see me like I listen to them all the time but like just the fact that they see me even people I know like Kate Sloan for instance (laughs) I'm always like (laughs) anytime she brings me up on on the dildorks I'm just like oh my god Kate knows me and then I'm like no she knows me she's my friend but still it it just feels that kind of way where you're like fan girl. ah oh my god (laughs) yes just always (laughs) (laughs) yeah it doesn't matter how many years I've been doing podcasts podcasting that always just gives me a fun little actually actually okay I'm gonna I'm gonna say this right now um because uh on off the cuffs um as a guest I believe uh I I guess the topic was probably hypno kink but you had you weren't there yet but um Lexi and Dick and Max had on Kate and her spouse matt and uh-huh. i had they had a little Q and A like listener questions and i had written in and um i just love everyone involved you know like the whole <laughs> five of them i'm like oh my god and so in my yes. whatever my stupid question was but i was like by the way um this is like a ideal cast for like a, a really cool group kink scene you know what i mean yes um was like my ps to the question and the way matt was like Erin <laughs> used my name and kind of in that chastising kind of a way yeah. I was like that is the best shout out I've ever heard on a podcast I was like that's oh so hot and exciting like just to hear <laughs> Matt go Erin <"Aaron." laughs> I oh love gosh, it I just, love like, it fully
1: blushing oh the
0: that's most so blushing yeah oh <laughs> <laughs> I love that <laughs> yeah this is very cute Um, but are you able to talk about like, maybe what are some of your favorite episodes that you have been involved in on Off the Cuffs?
1: Ooh, yeah, totally. I think that all of my favorites just tend to be the ones that I can relate to the most, which I think makes sense. One we did that I really liked, I tend to like the more just kind of like edge play related ones or people who are into kinks that are like, just super creative and they put a lot of effort into them. Um, mm-hmm. so one that comes to mind is I, I'm so bad at remembering the numbers, but it no, was that's fine. the guest you don't was need to do that named, but... Okay, cool. The guest was named um, Moth Meadows. And they talked a lot about like really in depth ongoing vampire role plays that they do with their partner. Cool. Um, which really inspired me to want to invest more time into role plays because that's something that I'm always wanting to do, but it just takes like so much effort and planning for me. Um, and then they also talked a lot about like knives and vivisection kinks and um oh. we talked about like safe alternatives to those or like kind of alternatives to kinks that you can't do in real life without you know like actually severely injuring someone or killing them um <laughs>
0: <laughs> so those, you know those kinks that are better and off in your head <laughs>
1: yeah so that was a fun one i also really like some of the more informational ones like it hasn't come out yet but we just did an episode with susan wright from the ncsf where we talked about um the revisions to the new model penal code for sexual assault and how that affects like uh kink and bdsm players so yeah i don't know very cool those are probably some of my favorites yeah
0: Awesome. Okay. So I got to ask because you mentioned, you know, one of your favorite episodes to record something I can relate to, uh, is vivisection. <laughs> your, your oh, words. Yeah. So I got to I got to yes. ask. <laughs> yeah. Just, just casual. Just casually dropping. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, I like the ones where I can relate to like the one where we talked about vivisection. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about that as a kink?
1: Sure. Um, Well, I mean, I'm just into, like, torture in Mm -hmm. general as a kink and all of that. Um, So a lot of what Dick, my partner, and I do is, I mean, so a lot of the ways that we do the things that we can't do in real life is I'll just be masturbating and he just kind of explains a fantasy to me. And I just, like, close my eyes and live it out in my head. And that I really like doing that because you don't physically have to do anything but it's still like super hot kind of fantasizing with someone and i'll kind of like also respond with how i would react in the situation and i also really like it just from a um like disability or like ability standpoint because I mean, you can kind of do that with any kink is just kind of like talk it out while someone masturbates if your top isn't feeling like super up to doing a lot of like physically intense activities or Mm -hmm. like if either person isn't or if you just like don't have the time to plan and execute a full scene. um, I think just kind of like talking and fantasizing out loud with your partner is a really cool way to kind of recreate it in your head or like have an ongoing fantasy that you can even come back to on your own and jerk off to. But it's still kind of like an interactive experience with your partner, if that makes sense.
0: Oh, it totally does. I also think that's like a great way to like, not that this is like a first step and it has to even move on to other steps. But like, you know, some like it's a great entry level point to you know, basically all kinks, just dirty talking about it, you know, like creating mm-hmm. creating a little fictitious scene, an imaginary scene in, in our heads. Like, I, you know, you can uh, en- enter any kink at that level. So that's like um, both a great way for like a beginner to explore that kink for themselves and what's hot about it and kind of dissect it. Um, I use dissect because I'm talking about... <laughs> Um, yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Um, but like really you know kind of break down what's hot about it for you maybe you know you just kind of have a general idea of ooh, that's kind of something I'm interested in but uh, you know where do I start going forward with it it's like well that's a really great way to kind of pick out what exactly is hot about it or interesting or engaging or whatever word you want to use um, surrounding the kink but also that's yeah. just a great scene that doesn't that's just a great scene on it by itself like you mentioned liking dick's voice um mm-hmm. you know and like imag- our imagination is a really fun thing like doing uh masturbation with your partner is a really fun thing that like that's just a fantastic scene hot lovely scene intimate <laughs> all of those words just as itself just talking the other person off i mean Yeah, totally.
1: Yeah, and I really love, like, anything that can be kind of, like, a stepping stone or a dipping your toes into the water to see if you really like something. Like, we were recently talking to someone about micro-branding as a way to kind of see if you're, like, if you would want a full brand because it's just kind of, like, surface-level pricks and it's less likely to scar. Mm. Or, like, along with the vivisection thing, there are, like, workarounds, like... Um, Dick has used a cold butter knife in place of a real knife before so that you can kind of, like, do the cutting, um, motion, but you're not actually, like, cutting through skin or anything. Um, yeah, I think – and also – Even, like, if you want to save money or try something out, you can do bondage with, like, a a scrunchie and just kind of twist your wrist so that the scrunchie is in place. Like, there's so much kink stuff that you can do without spending a lot of, like, time or money into something before you actually know if you want to invest into it. And I like to do a lot of things like that just because... I am into such a wide variety of things that I don't want to kind of like put all my eggs into one basket, if that makes sense. So, yeah, yeah, I'm a really big fan of just kind of like doing small things to see whether or not you actually want to invest in a kink.
0: Yeah, no, I I think that's a really lovely like talking about accessibility. that's, That's another thing, right? It's like it's like price point a lot of this you know, really extreme kind of BDSM equipment is inaccessible to a lot of people, you know. So mm-hmm. the fact that you not only once again, it's great as an entry level thing, if you want to just like have a taste, try it out. But also it's just good in general, um, you know, even for experienced people, fucking use a scrunchie. Like if you, mm-hmm. you are creating, if you're doing the rest of that stuff, that internal kind of fantasizing and imagining and creating um then, I mean, yeah. You could literally just be doing verbal bondage. You don't even need a scrunchie. You know, if a scrunchie's too expensive, you can also (laughs) just hold your hands like that, you know, and have somebody tell you to hold your hands like that. It can be really hot as well, yeah. Um,
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, I I feel like a lot of people think that they need to do a kink at an 11 for it to be valid, you know what I mean? And... Hmm i don't even think working towards an 11 is realistic like even starting at a one and working towards an 11 like you 100 percent don't need to get to an 11 on anything for it to be oh yeah you you know the full expression of that kink stay at the one if you like the one you know (laughs) yeah that's
1: actually that's something i've been thinking about kind of a lot recently with kink um it started because i got a collar recently which Mm -hmm. i was really excited about um But it just made me think about all the different, like, caller expectations and stuff within the kink community, or, like, different rules and stuff, or people, like, feeling like they have to, like, follow a certain procedure, like... For example, the classic kind of old guard, like you have your consideration collar, and then there's like protection collars, and then eventually one day you earn your big permanent collar or whatever. Um, but like Dick and I have like a four collar system
0: because like, <laughs> <love> basically <laughs> like, that's your standard four four collar system. Yeah, <laughs> can you talk yeah. about that? I lo- I would well, love to hear.
1: basically it's just each of us have a play collar and then each of us have like a day collar basically um like we each have like a leather kind of dog collar for like play stuff because it can be yanked around and like Mm -hmm. don't really have to worry about it um and then we each have kind of like a chain more like necklace type of collar as a day collar um but yeah i was just thinking more about how things like collars and just like all of kink and BDSM should be personal to like you and your specific relationship and as long as it's like fulfilling its purpose in that and making the both of you happy like I feel like you really shouldn't worry so much about what the community's like general overarching view of something Mm -hmm. is um like and also what does that even mean like yeah. And I yeah. feel like people get so caught up in these little things like having the best gear or having like all the different types of rope or like following this specific collar system and I just think that kink should be personal to you or your relationship and that you shouldn't worry about all of that stuff. So
0: Yeah, no a hundred percent. Like for for me, like kink what kink is is it's subversive. So It's not being put in anyone's box. So, to me, I mean, I'm a low protocol person, so my style of play is always like, you know, kink is supposed to be something that doesn't have a script. It's like, it's much like how I view monogamy versus polyamory or non monogamy. It's like one has rules and the other one exists. To me, what it means is that you can specifically write your own script, you can custom cater it, you can have it be exactly as you said like v- extremely personal um and subjective to whoever the players are, so like you know if you are in conversation with like collaring with someone, it's like, okay, let's really talk about what this means to us because whatever the you know kind of normative script about this is well it's 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 kink and it's subversive so let's like make it really not that basically like let's do whatever the fuck we want with it because that's, I don't know. That's more fun to me. Again, a protocol is not really a kink of mine, Uh, Mm. (laughs) but no, exactly that. It's like, you can literally, a collar could literally mean anything. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. it can be something that you literally buy together because you think it's cute and then you use it in scenes and it literally doesn't have any more meaning than that. Or, It can have a thousand different ways to earn it, you know, or, or what it means or, you know what I mean? Like, I think I put a a bit of meaning on a collar when I start a scene like at work, like professionally, um, just to kind of try and get them to kind of drop into their body and drop into a subby mindset, you know? Mm -hmm. So I kind of say, like, I have a little thing that I say just that they're to sit their mind for this hour you know what i mean um mm-hmm. and like it means that i don't want them to be anywhere else but here you know what i mean um yeah i love that <laughs> yeah and just like in general that but i'm you know uh it it's again other pros i'm sure due to uh, lots of other lots and lots of other ways
1: yeah, that that is such a good point. Though I feel like I kind of escape to kink as a subversive thing, where I don't have to like follow the rules of everyday life, and I can yeah. kind of like, like use it as an escape. So I don't want to come to kink and have to like worry about other people's expectations, or mm-hmm. yeah, because it it totally defeats the purpose other than following obvious like safety protocols yes. and like consent practices and all of that of course but
0: yeah, so yeah you're, you're really not harming anyone but yeah like literally yeah. A, a day caller is just like for me personally when I'm in a relationship I'm just like I just want you to buy me a piece of jewelry <laughs> <laughs> and we're kinky yeah. so like let's like create some sort of a cute little day caller situation you know some sort of kinky commitment jewelry i just want a piece of jewelry (laughs) totally (laughs) i want to wear something that makes me think of you and makes me you know reminds me daily of how much i love you like that's you know yeah
1: for sure yeah this is like the first nice piece of jewelry anyone has gotten for me and it does it means a lot to me because like who knows but I don't foresee myself getting married really or having like other big forms of commitment or anything so Mm -hmm. yeah it's probably it's like the most important object to me right now but yeah like it's totally up to the person on whether or not you want to do like a collaring ceremony or if it even, cause who knows maybe one day I'll have a collar with someone and it will just be like a meaningless accessory that I just find cute. Like, yep. yeah.
0: Totally you like it aesthetically. Context. Yeah. yeah. And not to, again, like not to poo poo, uh, folks that, you know, are really into protocol and really into doing it a certain way. Cause that's hey that's a thousand percent valid. yeah
1: that's cool too I might do that if I had the time and energy
0: there you go (laughs) yeah yeah
1: Yeah, it's like just remembering to put it on and take it put it on in the morning and take it off at night is a lot for me so (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) it's enough stuff Yeah. yeah let's take a moment to talk about our lovely sponsors shall we first of all Oasis Aqua Lounge is a water-themed sex club located right here in Toronto at 231 Mutual Street. Oasis is inclusive of all genders and orientations and is shame-free when it comes to pleasure and play. Check them out at their website oasisaqualounge.com. Comeasyouare.com is a trans-owned, trans-operated sex shop that also happens to be feminist and anti-capitalist. They carry only the best sex toys and want to give you the best price possible. Next time, use the coupon code BEDPOST, that's B-E-D-P-O-S-T, when checking out at com. So, okay, are we able to talk about, like, I mean, anytime I have someone from Off the Cuffs on my podcast, I have to ask them <laughs> about their radioactive uh, spider bite. So is there (laughs) do you have a story there is there a moment where you were like whoa what's this that you can share with me and my listeners
1: Hmm. well I wish I had like some crazy moment um but it's kind of just like a slow burning thing like ever since I was like really young I remember kind of fantasizing about like ds situations like even with my stuffed animals and stuff like yes. i would have oh i did that too animals. i did it with yeah. toys i
0: did it with barbies That's so yeah, funny. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> like some would have to like serve the other ones and it wasn't like sexual or anything um yeah. but i just kind of like, like it made me happy for some reason and i didn't know why and <laughs> then time goes on i mean i was always i just kind of like was really sexually curious as like a teenager and had a pretty high sex drive but i was also growing up in a religious environment where that was like super suppressed and i kind of had to like hide all of it so i definitely wasn't realizing that i was kinky even though i was like hiding in my room before dinner watching like femdom like edging (laughs) porn or
0: something (laughs) amazing
1: (laughs) So, um, and then it was, like, I think in, like, college where I just, oh, I also stole and read my mom's Fifty Shades of Grey when I was in, I think, high school. Nice. <laughs> so that was a thing. And then, um, which I liked at the time because I had literally no other representation. Like, I didn't even know that other representation existed. So that's unfortunate but
0: <laughs> yeah that, I know, I know the, the Fifty Shades quandary right it's like it's great that it's introducing so many people to kink for the literal first time but it's it's bad that you know people don't see other bits of information so they just think that's how you do it and it's obviously not a great representation of what to do <laughs> kink oh, yeah. oh. but it is great that it's you know introducing people to start their kinky journey or to start You know, researching and finding out stuff for themselves. So, I mean, I like it for that. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, it wasn't great as a, like, developing person as, yeah. a, as an example of kink, but thankfully I ended up, like, finding good partners when I grew up, and it, nothing bad happened. I can't blame Fifty Shades of Grey for any of
0: my problems, I don't think. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, we would like to <laughs> <Yeah>. just <laughs> blame that shitty movie. Unfortunately. But yeah, this is all me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> but, yeah, and then, like... Eventually when I was in college, I honestly can't even remember what I came across, but I just started learning that people actually like did kink in BDSM in real life. And I I have another partner um who I'm still with besides Dick and I brought it up to him at the time, just kind of like thinking that he was gonna be like full speed ahead just like me like I kind of thought that as soon as anyone <laughs> learned about kink it would be exactly like me where they'd be obsessed with it and super into it and oh like,
0: that's so like, funny you know
1: I was <laughs> like there's no there's no way that everyone isn't gonna be like into this like it's so fun you know
0: <laughs> that is such a funny take because I think most people when they're like you know telling a partner for the first time about their kinks they have the opposite thing of they're like fearful yeah. of like oh they're going to think i'm gross weird whatever i'm going to get rejected they're going to hate me they're never going to see me the same way you were the complete <laughs> opposite of <laughs> yeah i well, love I that still... you're like yeah they're going to i'm so excited to tell <laughs> this person they're going to be head over heels about this crazy shit yeah
1: yeah <laughs> I, I was it. definitely still like nervous because we had been vanilla for years before that so i knew it would be a big change but yeah, yeah i just thought like everyone had a switch that just needed to be flipped <laughs> <laughs> which I learned was not the case. My partner is really sweet, and he really tried, like, hitting – because I was first just into, like, impact and rope. Like, I think my first toys that I ever bought were just some rope from Amazon that's, like, nylon yeah. or something and, like, a really cheap flogger. And then I used, like, wooden spoons. And he did some impact on me, but just really – he's just really not a top owl, yeah, fair. Um, yeah. which we – discovered but yeah that's how i learned that not everyone is just obsessed with kink and bdsm and that <laughs> vanilla people do exist um but then after that we became polyamorous at some point and Then at some point after that, I started dating Dick, which is when a lot more stuff came out. Um, I think just having a person who, like, allowed me to be vulnerable with him and who I had been listening to him talk about kink and BDSM for years, so I felt pretty Mm -hmm. confident that he wasn't going to judge me or anything. Um, And (laughs) he also helped me discover a ton of new interests. So I would say that's when it, like, exploded and then ever since then i've just been like trying to learn as much as i can and grow my skills and all of that um so kind of a long radioactive spider bite but
0: <laughs> drawn long yeah. drawn out radioactive spider yeah. bite. no i th- I think like people really underestimate the power of just like surrounding yourself with information and how that can really affect your journey like when you are if you're a regular listener of like a kink podcast and you're kind of at the kink curious part you know maybe you're experiencing some conflict or some shame about like what you want and maybe you're feeling alone maybe like just listening to other people talk really openly about stuff like that it really can kind of rewire your your brain like if you came up you know maybe with a really conservative or religious background um where all you know like exploration with sex and sexuality is an absolute no. You know, maybe you've got a lot of um, programming and and like listening to podcasts on the regular where people are like just completely shame-free, stigma-free, talking about sex, talking about kink. It can really like deprogram a lot of that. Um, so that's like any any people that are kind of like struggling with their kinks and, you know, Feeling just having bad feelings about them. I'm like, listen to some podcasts and listen to them regularly. Surround yourself with you know sex positivity, and slowly but surely, I feel I feel like it really does can have an impact on people.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. I think that's like the thing that makes me the proudest to work on off the cuffs is just
0: yeah.
1: like knowing that hearing other people's stories helps people feel less weird in their own skin or helps them be under more understanding of other people's kinks even if they're not into them like just hearing people talk about it for an hour a lot of the time will give people a better understanding of it and help them be less judgmental toward that thing so
0: yeah, yeah totally if, listening if, to
1: people talk about kinks is so valuable
0: Definitely, <laughs> and, and definitely.
1: sex in general but yeah
0: Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And like, as you said, like, even if that's not your kink, it's like, well, maybe someone will come out to you in the future with that kink. And you can be like, oh, yeah, I've heard of that. And also, I'm not super surprised by that. Because um, I've heard about it on an episode of this podcast, like yeah, you know, you know, it's it's it can really do some really awesome things. So I thank you for your service, Quinn. Oh, uh,
1: thank you so much. <laughs> I thank you for your service on uh, the breakfast as well. Well, thank you. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh,
0: <laughs> but um, okay, one thing that I know we really did want to talk about, we, I mean, we said it in your title that you are <laughs> an adult content maker. Can we talk about that a little bit? I feel like this is kind of a new-ish thing for you. Can you yeah,
1: confirm it's or deny? A, <laughs> yeah. So I started my OnlyFans, which is my first form of sex work, in April of last year. Mm-hmm. So in like four months, it will be a year. And I've, I've since I started the OnlyFans, I kind of like slowly have added A few more things. So it's been, yeah, really interesting journey. There's so much that you have to learn for yourself that I've
0: discovered. Yeah, no, I bet. Like, uh, honestly, online sex work specifically is like 10 different jobs, more even.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, I mean, I'm already a freelancer basically with what I do for off the cuffs, and I also do like some freelance writing for other blogs and such. And yeah, I mean, I'm. I want to write a blog soon about things that you don't know when starting online sex work, but basically the gist of it is just that you're, like, a small business owner.
0: Yes, you are. It's yeah. your business. Yeah. I was doing a consult um, with uh, also a newish sex worker um, the yesterday, and yeah, same thing. I was like, this is literally your business, so, like you know, tell them your rates, tell them your boundaries, tell them everything up front, tell them what payment processors you accept, tell them, like, just write it out once really detailed, and then just copy and paste it every time. Like, that's not rude. Mm -hmm. That's not being strict. That's not being mean. This is your business. And businesses make money. And businesses, you know, have, um, have rules that you follow to, book people to give them the money to see them under certain circumstances. Like you can't just text your, you know, what, like your, your fucking masseuse, um, and be like (laughs) you up, like, like, no, you, you have to book through, you know, this website. Um, you know, you have to pay beforehand via their website, like whatever it is, like all small businesses, all businesses run that way. They all have their own little set of rules and that is just what it is it's not mean or rude or you know too strict am I being too strict it's like no yeah it's your it's your job and you're asking for money that's not something you should feel apologetic about it's a yeah, job totally. it's the reason you are doing this work to get paid it's not yeah, like
1: no one gets mad at their nail salon artist for asking for a deposit like,
0: yes like yeah. no one gets mad at the server for bringing the bill at the end <laughs> of the meal like that is what you're there to do you're buying something uh, yeah. like it's <laughs> uh, yeah. it's funny though how people just um like, like cl- clients and uh, customers and guests and whatnot of sex workers just sometimes don't get how it's just a fucking job like everything oh, else yeah. <laughs> and should be run that way, you know? Yep. But so what are some of the first things you kind of learned as a, a new online sex worker? Because mm. it's a learning curve. Yeah, You know, definitely. You, you learn new things every day and you're like, oh, fuck, yeah, I should be doing that.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 hmm, well... I don't know, something that I'm still, I think all of it, I'm honestly still learning. Like I don't have a lot really, like it's been almost a year and I still don't have that much ironed out or like solidified as like a pattern of what I do Mm -hmm. consistently. Because like figuring out what I want to do consistently is so hard. Like, um, I think, Amberlynn Reed always talks about um, like having your core three and Lexi if you don't know also from Off the Cuffs is also always like you gotta have your core three things like you gotta have your brand and what you do Um, Mm -hmm. and I think the hardest thing for me is honestly just figuring out what I want to do because I am a switch and have such a wide variety of interest that it's, like, so difficult to pin myself down to, like, femdom or just doing fetish porn or just doing, like, masturbation. I don't know. Um, So I think, like, the main thing that I'm still learning is just, like, what I want to do and where my audience is and, Mm -hmm. like, kind of learning to accept like that people are going to get what I'm giving them and being okay with that. Like I can't cater to every single person and make every single person uh, in my sub list, happy, you know, yep. like, yep. it's a, it's such a balance of figuring out what makes me happy and how to express myself authentically while also, like, tailoring myself to an audience and, like, doing what makes them happy. It's an ongoing balance is what I'm discovering.
0: Yeah, that's, like, a lot you just talked about. Like, that's not <laughs> something you just snap, figure out one day, you know, like, How concerning your branding and how to make it marketable, but also how to, you know, feel, you know, creatively fulfilled or whatever um, with the work you're doing, you know, happy with your job. And like, that's a lot. It's a fuck ton lot to try and figure out and navigate and balance, especially somebody that's just coming into this at the beginning, like as we mentioned you know, it's like 10 jobs, like you just yeah. mentioned a bunch of jobs right there. Like there are people whose jobs are marketing, <laughs> you know? Yeah, there are people whose jobs are branding. There are people, you know, like all of this stuff, these social all... media, like, yeah, oh my yeah. god, yes, like, that's its own
1: whole thing. But <laughs> It's
0: a full time job. Like, honestly, all of these little things, and they're not little things, but like all of these things we're talking about, it's like, they're all full time jobs in themselves. So to yeah. suddenly be accepted, expected to you know know how to do these like 25 freaking jobs it's like
1: yeah yeah and I've also been learning yeah I've also been learning um just like I feel a lot of pressure a lot of the time to like always be doing more which I think it's a thing with off the cuffs or like anytime you're running your own business um and also I think it's just my personality like always worrying that I'm not like that I could be doing more or that I'm not doing enough because there's always like more platforms to expand to because you never know when one of them is just going to disappear off the face of the earth one day or like you could always like um like have more content out like it's difficult not to compare yourself to, like, other subscription pages and be like, oh, my God, they have, like, five years or ten years worth of content uploaded and I have nothing. (laughs) But, like, I'm really trying to just focus on, like, perfecting my, like, one subscription site and my one clip site, like, many vids before I move on to having, like, ten different platforms that I'm trying to manage and, like, just trying to, like, keep moving forward but without feeling all that pressure from everyone to like be doing the most if that makes sense
0: yeah grind culture hustle culture it's yeah a real thing um i know i mean also myself like guilty uh i just keep adding projects i Mm -hmm. i just keep adding ongoing projects like
1: yeah (laughs) and i I like doing that like i like being a person who's always working hard and like always like looking forward to the next project but again it's a like a balance
0: yeah like you can only add so many fucking projects until literally you (laughs) do nothing but work so you know there's got to be a moment where you're like okay (laughs) is this enough projects (laughs) probably (laughs) the answer is probably don't start that new thing um, yep. But that's, like, what you're expected to do as, like, especially an online sex worker. It's, like, that fucking hustle culture, especially with social media. Oh, my God. If you follow some of the people that do this, like, uh, like full time, the fullest of time, um, it can be pretty fucking intimidating. It's, like, wow, they're on, like, a thousand different platforms. They're putting out content hourly. They're tweeting, you know, every oh, ten yeah. fucking minutes. It's, like, Jesus Christ. Like... How am I supposed to do that?
1: Yeah, I think it's so important to do, especially starting out, like, doing your best not to compare with things like that. Because you never know, they could have, like, personal assistants. Oh, they have a team.
0: Yes. Yeah. A thousand percent have a team. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And like, I'm just not a person where I have like four jobs. And like, some of those jobs even have a ton of micro jobs, like we were saying, like, yeah, yeah, I think it's just important to like, accept where you're at and what you can do. And like, try to keep, you know, like, making it better and keep moving up if that's what you want to do. But yeah, I don't know, hustle culture, bad.
0: (laughs) Bad, bad, bad. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to like, Embrace the subversive nature of, like, femdom as far as hustle culture is concerned. Um, Because I'm very... I'm very much an an overworker. I'm a workaholic. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. I really do try and be like, no, I'm the fucking femdom. (laughs) I should be the one sitting with my fucking feet up. And have all the gremlins doing my shit. You know what I mean? So I try to kind of take a cue from that uh to try and i don't know channel that for myself sometimes i'm like no i shouldn't be the one working my fucking ass off um, yeah you know if i'm really gonna be like a fucking femdom here and i know it's like the fantasy versus the reality of it but sometimes i'm like no i should be able to just like <laughs> do nothing today and be just a fabulous rich bitch uh yeah because totally. <laughs> that's the fantasy yeah. that's not the reality but like that's the fantasy and sometimes i'm like yes <laughs> yeah (laughs) that is what i'll do i need that somebody give me that send me money (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) yeah it can definitely be hard to like delegate but that is a pretty big plus side to femdom yeah
0: yeah you know what when i think back to like me getting into sex work and trying to you know figure out where i wanted to kind of enter the industry i feel like femdom gave me permission to do a lot of things like specifically with what I was talking about before surrounding like, um, boundaries, um, and dealing with clients. I, I honestly was like, well, I think in femdom maybe I can afford to be a little more, um, just upfront with all of that stuff Uh, unapologetically, Mm. you know what I mean? And the reality is that, you know, men don't want femdom unless it's like in a scene like they don't want you know No, i'm gonna be treated like every other woman on this planet um until we start the scene so it's like that fantasy versus the reality thing but like i think that was truly a driving force for myself getting into sex work as a dominant i'm like maybe i can have a little more of the power there as far as um you know admin stuff my even stuff like my safety I was considering you know what I mean I'm Mm -hmm. like this is just a place where I can feel maybe I can feel a little safer if I'm in the dominant position
1: yeah totally and I think you can definitely like like of course you can still reinforce those boundaries as like a bottom or a fetish model or something but it definitely makes it I think more natural when you're because I have like I kind of, since I do so much, I have like clients who are kind of like my subs or I like treat them like a sub, but I also have ones that are into more of my bottomy stuff or fetish modely stuff. And I feel like I have to talk to each client kind of differently. And it's definitely more natural to like enforce your boundaries in like a femdom sub dynamic than other types of dynamics. So I definitely understand that.
0: Yeah, honestly, I'm I'm give kudos to people that do subby, subby and bottomy work um and are able to be really um like really define and maintain and assert their boundaries on a regular basis because people see that fantasy you, that persona, sex work persona of you and mm-hmm. assume that they can just walk all over you, right? So they're coming in with that preconception. So you have to undo that preconception. Whereas yeah. for me, I feel like a lot of times people enter the thing of being like, oh, sorry, Mrs. Blah, blah, like, you know, whimpering <laughs> yeah. little, you know, quivering messes. Um, so it's a little I feel like there's a little bit I have a bit of an advantage. I realize that. Um, yeah, in my in my industry.
1: Yeah, I think it's probably just important to realize that no matter what kind of model you are, no matter what kind of content you're making, you probably have to be prepared to lose some clients based on like, if someone thinks that you're not like as sexy anymore, or they don't want to buy your content as much anymore, because you're enforcing your personal boundaries, like Huge
0: red flag.
1: Yeah, that's just going to have to be a lost client, unfortunately. (laughs) Yeah, you don't
0: want them as your client, yeah, if they're they're going to. If you're going to, if they want something, and then you're like, great, here are my rates, and then they're like, fuck you, you know, whatever slur they want to say at you. It's like, wow, dodged a fucking bullet there. Oh, yeah, and I'm sure that brings out,
1: like, a whole other level of that is probably brought out with COVID and in-person doming, like, I guess maybe one plus side is it might be easier to weed out people who aren't willing to like put in the work to have an yeah. in-person session because
0: it's more screening yeah and yeah. that's what screening's meant to do it's meant to weed out people who are unsafe you know who are wishing harm upon you who are so it's doing its job you know if, yeah. if you get that i think this is great advice if you get people getting pissy over, you know, your screening procedures that you have thought about and are going to make you feel safe and these are your boundaries and you're enforcing them. If someone's getting um, all butthurt about that, then that screening procedure is doing its job. It doesn't mean that it's bad, you need to change it, you need to adapt, whatever. It means that whatever you put in place there is working Mm -hmm. that's how you know when you get people that are um that get all angry about it
1: (laughs) yeah exactly
0: yeah 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 and it's the same thing of like when you raise your rates i think this is something that uh people sometimes don't realize when you raise your rates the idea is that Um, you are having less clients. So if you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, no, I raised my rates and, like, some people aren't able to afford me anymore. That's literally the point in raising your rates. So you can work less. Mm -hmm. So if you see less clients because you've raised your rates, that's literally it doing its job. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, For our last little bit together, let's talk about some, let's talk about some of your kinks that might be, Um, I mean, I like to think I've, yeah, yeah, you know, I like to think (laughs) I've got some spicy listeners, but like, what are, what are some kinks that might surprise maybe some of my listeners of some kinks Mm. of yours?
1: Well, the one that is always like the most, I guess, I don't know, I think the one that the least amount of other people are into is (laughs) human toilet play.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: um which i top for that's one of the only things that i consistently top for and i really love it um, yeah
0: i love top in a golden scene love it yes yeah yeah
1: i've never actually done like i've never done it with water sports it's always like scat like just like cleaning like butthole cleaning basically nice. just cleans my butthole <laughs> <laughs> i love it yeah <laughs> Um, which was, like, that was a whole thing, like, when we started dating, that was, like, um, like, he had expressed that he wanted to, like, do that with me, and it was a really long, like, months-long build-up where we were long distance, so I was sending him these little squares of paper with my pee on them, like, I would, like... I drop pee onto each of these squares like almost like an acid tab and i would mail them to him and he would like put one in his mouth and go into subspace and it was really cute um but it was like it was like a slow like training to be my human toilet paper basically i um,
0: love it that is a lesson in long distance kink play yeah. right there yep
1: Because that's one that you wouldn't think would translate at all, but it can, I promise. Yes,
0: yes, definitely. (laughs) I feel like any, something I also, like, kind of came to realize having to switch to virtual sessions uh, throughout the pandemic was, like, um, you know, if people want to do water sports in a session, it's like, well, I guess I'm making you drink your own piss. Like, and that, for some people, that works almost as well, you know, it's a good backup plan it's a good kind of secondary thing that you can do if you're not together it's like okay well get in the tub and piss right into your own (laughs) mouth basically yeah
1: i hate being long distance it sucks but i do enjoy that it kind of like forces me to be more creative with gank
0: yeah, so. cuz I'm sure I'm sure some subs that I've done that with are have been surprised and learned a bit about themselves. They're like, "Oh, wow, okay. That's the thing we can do. That's the thing I enjoy." Cool. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um um can then... I ask you surrounding surrounding that type of play for you as a top? Like what that feels like for you? What that does for you?
1: I think that it makes me feel like I mean, I don't know how other people feel when they have service tasks done for them, but it basically just makes me feel like that. Um, we also do a lot of like, Dick does all my grooming, like waxing and shaving, and it really feels similar to that. Like, it feels really loving and sweet and intimate. Like, oh, I
0: love that. I mean, I love that you it- said that. Thank you. <laughs> I love that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it it is like it's super intimate and vulnerable, like licking someone's asshole clean, you know, like it sounds silly, but it really is like an intimate experience that like has brought me together with him a lot. I think actually I put his play collar on him for the first time after um, he did like a cleaning thing for me. So it really just makes me feel all like warm and fuzzy inside like any other service task being done for me.
0: I love that you fucking answered that because I think for people with toilet play, they're picturing the opposite. They're like picturing a humiliation type of an intention with this act, which of course you can do that too. And it's lovely and fun and hot and all those things. But like the fact that I feel like any type of kink play can have a really wholesome intention like that can be heartwarming, can make you Mm -hmm. warm, feel warm and fuzzy and intimate and emotionally like close to your partner. Like, so I love specifically that... That's an intention you, you have with those types of scenes.
1: Yeah, anything really, like, quote-unquote gross like that always makes me feel really close with my partner. Like, I guess another, like, spicy because I, <laughs> I also really like uh, bottoming for, like, puke, like, being forced to, like, throw up or, like, puke. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's another, or, like, even just, like, intense gagging. And that's another one where, like dick or my top or whoever like calling me pretty after I am like crying like I have like tears streaming down my face and my makeup is running down my face and I feel like super disgusting like having someone call me beautiful like in those moments or like think that I'm really hot in those moments um really means a lot and is just like a really cool part of kink, I think that you can feel like the most loved when you also feel the most disgusting and awful. So
0: Yeah, that's really a really cool take on that as well. If you you know, if you can love me at my pukiest.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I only want people who can love me at my pukiest.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that makes me so happy. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I feel that intention, though. I don't do any scenes with Vomix. That's actually a hard limit of mine, both as a top and a bottom. But like, okay. I I feel what you're saying surrounding like the intense gagging stuff. Like, um, for me, I do as a bottom, I do like, you know, some gagging training and stuff like that. And it feels really difficult for me. Um, Because I do have a hard limit of vomit. So, like, it feels Mm -hmm. really intimate. It feels really edgy for me to, like, do a lot of gagging play. And that thing of, like, you're just a fucking mess and then yeah. that thing of them just being like oh you look so fucking hot right now or whatever it is like oh you're you look really pretty with your makeup running you know like lipstick every fucking wear all over your face and tears and all that snotty you know whatever it is yeah, like, it, and like it
1: almost means more than if I were to like fully yeah. do my makeup or something
0: yeah and they're like baby look you know like who's my baby and it's like <laughs> exactly. oh my god I just yeah there's something really like a deep healing thing that's happening uh yep. with that type of play or there it can be for people you know what I mean again oh, yeah. totally valid to have a thousand different intentions with that type of play as well but like I truly think any type of kink can be really fucking romantic <laughs> yeah <laughs> you definitely. know especially yep. like ones that people view as like hard or gross or you know edgy kinks it's like I think a lot of people think like the quote-unquote hardcore stuff is all about I don't know being mean and stuff it's like (laughs) uh, really often it's not actually it can be really like really sweet type uh, types of play yeah
1: yeah which is definitely something I wasn't expecting getting into kink and BDSM or something I didn't know starting out I definitely thought it was just like okay Dom is mean Mm. <laughs> sub mm. is compliant but
0: yeah so much <laughs> dumb, yeah dumb is mean sub is compliant <laughs> yeah
1: yeah and also dom can be like mean and nice at the same time
0: oh yes Uh, i i i like to say that i've mastered the nuance of that for sure (laughs) like kind of a a a sweet sadism Mm -hmm. you know yes definitely yes
1: that's (laughs) my favorite kind
0: same oh that (laughs) note yeah that nuance is like yeah really hot to me uh, specifically as a top yeah and i mean i love to receive that too let's be honest yeah
1: yeah if that's wrong. kind of how like dick always describes his topping style is like have you seen the texas chainsaw massacre <laughs> yes <laughs> it's like i forget his name but the guy who owns the like gas station meat shop who's like kind of sweet but at the same time he's like jabbing the girl with yes. the stick oh, yeah. yes oh yeah.
0: yes yeah so good that 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 yep um, okay, I hate to cut this conversation short, <laughs> but we are just about at time. Gwen, I want people to buy all your porn and subscribe to all your things uh, and listen to Off the Cups. Um, where can we do all of that?
1: Yeah, so you can find all of my porn stuff um, at onlyfans.com slash bydaily666. And you can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at bydaily 666 I try to do my best at keeping up with social media, um, even if it's hard. And you can also <laughs> buy my clips on the Off the Cuffs many vids, which is off the or which is manyvids.com/slash off the cuffs, or you can email me any questions or anything like that at bookingoffthecuffs at gmail.com. And then you can listen to Off the Cuffs on basically any podcast streaming service um, or also on our website, offthecuffs.org, which is also where you can read my blog posts about kink and BDSM and just kind of like hear more of my thoughts on different kink and fetish things so yes
0: lovely yes um thank you for all of that uh please check everything out a blog posts, especially i've been you know i do a little bit of research like i know i know you but also i like to do <laughs> that little bit extra so i was reading your blog post before i interviewed you and they're, they're oh, very so well written and really lovely so everybody check all really of that out that. yeah you're clearly you're really good at it so um, you. Folks, you know where to follow me by now. At the Lady Pim One on Twitter is where I'm most active. But if you must, you can go on over to Instagram and follow me at the Bedpost Podcast or at the Lady Pim. We have a Patreon. It's the Bedpost Show. We have a YouTube page. It's the Bedpost Show. Um, and also, I mean, I love to thank the lady who does the original music for my podcast, uh, Stephanie Copeland. You can find out more about her and her art at stephcopelandmusic.com. Gwen, thank you so for being such an amazing guest. This has been so lovely.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I had such a great time talking to you.
0: Ah, oh, me too. I know, finally, right? Uh, thank <laughs> you to everyone who's been listening. Hope you enjoyed this one. We'll see you next week with another fun and sexy guest here in the studio talking about sex and sexuality on the bit of podcast. Blah, blah, blah. Bye, get fucked, everybody. <laughs> see ya. Bye. <laughs> uh, bye-bye.